0: good morning everybody is why not us podcast and today which is Tuesday is life of a DJ entertainer with DJ ragtop on the ones and twos freaking 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 <laughs> how you doing this morning I'm doing good how are you doing this morning I'm doing well I see you been really busy like you' been oh, yeah. really
1: busy well, this is that time of the season um, where, like, and this is the thing a lot of people don't understand, but this is that time of the season where peak season starts for for most DJs around April, and then May is like the hardcore month where we get slammed. And last week was a perfect example of me getting slammed with a lot of different events.
0: Yeah, so, that was that. That was a lot of events. Like, so how do you set up your schedule, like, for? the peak season of DJing, like how do you set it up
1: to have well, time? Well, most of the
0: time,
1: well, most of the time what happens is that the, the actual, most customers will book their event anywhere between six to 12 months in advance. Mm. You know, me, because of, I guess, because of how the high demand, it, I get booked almost 12 to 18 months in advance. And it allows me to put my schedule together. Like normally during the weekends is where I have most of my weddings and, um, birthday parties celebrations and then during the week like right now this is that last week of school so I got all I got so many schools just like booking me and of course elementary schools because I do I do stuff for free I get booked real quick f- to do things for school so right now I'm doing a lot of field days um pep rallies um like and then I got like a fifth grade dance or fifth grade prom coming up on Thursday so okay. it's, it's, it stays busy
0: i mean you stay busy every time i i go you know go to facebook and i see and i just be so excited because it's the energy for me that's what you love doing and you just being service to the people and like especially when you go to the elementary schools you know that's everything when you got a dj coming to your school in
1: elementary and that's the thing is the kids they love it um I think that's the reason why I love doing elementary schools because the elementary schools, the children, they love to have a good time. There is no, um, once you start getting into your older, like the fourth and fifth grade, then they're a little bit more sociable. But most of the time, anything less than fourth grade, the kids they don't care. They're just about having fun. They're not thinking about what people think or say. They're just about having fun. It's you know all right? about having fun. It is. It is, and those kids have so much energy. You play the right song, boy, they'll tip, dance floor.
0: That's what it's all about. You ever get out there in two-step? I'm just asking for a friend. You ever oh, yeah, get out? Yeah. Oh, yes,
1: hate. yes, yes, I've done quite a, Back in the days, I used to do a lot of it. I don't do a lot now because most of the time by the time I finish setting up, I'm just trying to focus on the music and the videos and stuff. But um, back before I started getting more into the videography, the photography, Ooh. I used to do quite a bit.
0: Okay, okay. So was you like, you know, because you know, you was in Atlanta back in the day, you know, in the 80s and at the stadium,
1: I mean, was you break dancing? No, in the skating no, because normally, you know, skating you're you're in a DJ booth, so you don't Okay, okay, gotcha. It's a little bit different, because like, uh, you don't have that direct connection like you really want to be, like, you can't be... Technically, some skaters, I mean, some DJs that do... Do like actually go out there and do skate with people? But like I said, I'm at that age now. Back then, I didn't do it because I was so focused. Like we didn't have the technology we have now, where records you have to really like really have to pay close attention. I mean, it was bad back then compared to now because you actually had to know your music, know your like know the album itself. And then in some cases, where you would cheat, is you will mark the album with crayons okay and that would give you an idea to where this is that point on the album if i need to make a transition or or blend or whatever to the next to the next album then that's what it is okay so
0: did you have like crates you remember like the crates yes, like yes. that's how you had it set up you mm-hmm. know because when i think about it like i told you i always go back to the 80s and everything like that so did you have like
1: the two different crates and that's a See, back then I had two crates. Um, There was the two crates of albums that I I always use. And then, of course, the Skatering had some albums as well. So that was just one of those things to where um, you really, really have to know your music. Okay. I mean, you really have to know it because you have to know your albums. And in some cases, you have to put your albums in the order on how you going to use them. Uh, yeah. Because it made it a little bit easier. Like, of course, now with technology, you you type in a name, bam, it pops up, and you, your song is right there. Album, you have to actually put them in the proper order and be prepared to move on to the next one.
0: So, all right, so you DJing. See, I, I'm I'm visualizing this. So you DJing. So how how do you? You remember we were telling about the um beats per minute, right? So are you? separating your crates like that as well or is more of a album
1: thing it's more of it, it's kind of like it, it does have a lot to do with the beats per minute but it's more of what you want to flow with and then like depends on the tempo and how the people are responding to the music is how you would sometimes have to change up okay but most of the time back in the days it was a lot harder and challenging because you really like i said again you really have to know your music and the albums and and in some cases like Some of the albums you really want or you needed you didn't have. So, like, with me, every time I got paid, there was an album store right on the corner from, right there, right around the corner from um, Skate Town. And I would buy, I would go out and buy a couple of albums of what I really needed in order for the next event.
0: Okay. So, that's what it's all about, just when you got paid,
1: you'll go to the store and... You know. And then is the good thing for me. It was lucky for me that uh, the album store was right around the corner from the skating rink because I actually walked to work every day. So um, the crates they stayed at the skating rink <laughs> because I didn't have back then I didn't have transportation to get back and forth. So I would walk about the four four blocks away from well technically about four or five blocks away from where I lived at um, my dad's house, and then we will actually I would walk all the way up to the skating rink. And okay. so the album store was, like, right in front of the skating rink. So it made it real easy to get the albums that I needed.
0: So what's the life of a DJ entertainer? Like, what's what's it like, like, the whole life? Because it sounds, like, amazing. Like, music, meeting different people, and you still doing it. So,
1: yeah. It, it's 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 to me is the it's the like you like we were talking about earlier, it's the energy that comes with that job. And you really like for me, I'm really into DJing. I've always been into DJing, and then like I said, to be able to do it at a full time, I'm like living in heaven right now because I'm able to do what I love, which is play music and and entertain people. Okay. So that is the I mean to me, that's the best part about um, being a DJ is the service to the people. And okay. sometimes it can be difficult because sometimes the people don't understand the concept of entertainment. What you mean by that? Well, you'll have some people like um, the breakdown of music. There's music that you listen to and then music that you dance to. Okay, And you'll get some customers get caught up into their own music they're not thinking about entertaining their guests Okay. so they'll select music that's good to listen to but it's not good to to dance to and okay. i have sometimes where the customer wants me to play a song and this is this is the funny part is a customer will come out and say okay play this song okay dance floor will be completely full of people dancing but because the customer asked you to play a song of course you're going to play that song now Keep in mind, I know what's gonna happen <clears throat> that once I play a song, it's gonna clear the dance floor because I know the difference between songs that you listen to as long as songs you dance to. So i play it, it clears the dance floor. Okay, then then you know after that play a song, you have to get them right back out there. Yeah. It is kind of like it's kind of like, it's funny, because I always say it's kind of like fishing, where you're just throwing that hook out there and you're <laughs> trying to reel them people into the dance floor. And then once you get them on there then it's it's like all you gotta do is maintain and keep them on there and that's where your beat per minute come in because most of the time if your music is good and you're going to mix it in with something else you got to mix it in that's kind of close to the same bpm okay and that's what keep people flowing um and normally the dance bpm for most for most for most dancers uh, for most of my events is anywhere between 90 to 108. Um, and that's most of your dance music,
0: okay. Um, yeah. what about the percolator? You ever they ever tell you down they-
1: the tempo? when you say percolator, now you just change the imp. Um, because then you get into your heavy, your hardcore fast dancing music, which okay, is, that's that 120 to one, 135, and that's you're like your percolator, your uh, planet rock, your all those type of songs are more fast paced songs. Song. So the beast per BPMs on those songs are anywhere between 120 to 135. Okay. And that's what's it like, cuz percolator is right there like at 1 I think it's like 121,
0: 122. Yeah, cuz when that beat drop, they're percolating, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was just thinking about the percolator. Like that was my, you know, I used to love the percolator, you know, back in my heyday. But, and you know, that's you know, that
1: still to this day is still a well-known popular dance song. That were some people they hear that song and they'll go on the the dance floor and lose their mind. Yes.
0: Even that. like I, you know, like when you younger, you know, with the percolator, you could start off in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? But when you get older, you got to really. I had to wait about three or four minutes because then I jump in, then I jump back out. But I can't. Right. I can't dance that whole 10 minutes off the percolators like I did when I was in high school. That's for sure. Oh, well,
1: well, most of the time now. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, 10 minutes of the percolator? Oh, boy. You know, uh, now you don't really like me. I probably put anywhere between three to four minutes of the percolator. Okay. Because there's only been so many people that know the actual dance. Um, And after, like, say, after three or four, three or four minutes of it, okay, it's time to move on to the next song
0: okay what about the macarena macarena be considered like a line dance
1: too right yeah technically it is um, okay most of the time that song most of the time that song is good for your um pretty much for people like like pop music um you can play get away with that um playing that during like um birthday parties things in that nature more Macarena is more so i play that more at children's events than i do anything okay else. Okay. Every now and then, I I will play it just to see if if the if the crowd. I say this: if the crowd is into it, and I can see that vibe, then hey, I'll go for it.
0: Yeah, but hey, Macarena. Mm -mm, Uh mm -mm. Yeah, I mean the Macarena. I like the Macarena when I was uh you know in middle school as well. I used to like the Hanson Brothers too, Hootie and the Blowfish, um, all that type of music, um that's the type of music that I remember. It was like good feeling music. So I know like, what about when you was in Korea? Like what was the music like um, over there?
1: Like most of the time it was more because I was in Korea. It was like um, the four times was, you know, the four times I was actually stationed over there cause I was there, I was stationed for four, but in two cases I was there for two years. The, the entire time is majority of stuff. Back then was more of your real popular dance music, um, like now to this day that same music I was playing in Korea is very popular now to this day. So some songs like um, oh, what's the name? Like well back then Garth Brooks country music was real popular too, but like now Garth Brooks is not as high demand as it was back then. But then you got a lot of songs that like um, Hoochie Mama for example. I'll say use Hoochie Mama Donkey Butt. Most of the stuff that was like, um, more like the Luke Skywalker, the um, Poison Clan, most of those songs were the upbeat one, like 120 plus BPM. Okay. So, like, back then we danced at a higher BPM than we do today. Today, you're more dancing between your 95, um, like I said, like you're 90 technically, you're 90 to 105. So, the, the biggest thing about the difference in the music. Is the BPM back then when we were younger back in the 90s and um, probably the early 2000s, the BPMs were close to we're doing 120 to 135 okay. today we're dancing more to music that's 95 or I should say 90 to 105 so okay. every now and then you can go that 120 plus but majority of this music now is that that 90 to 105. And that's why i tell people it's not about when you become real good at dj you learn that it's not really about the the actual the lyrics of the song is more so the beat okay. of course yeah. you want the lyrics to be clean and everything but the beat is what determines how you mix because that bpm it makes it easier for your flow now every down every now and then you'll have to make a jump where you're going to jump probably to 105, to to that 120, but you got to find that right song for that transition.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm just sitting here thinking about just being a DJ. Like I said before, like I was always uh, into like radio broadcasting, DJing, you know, mass communication. So just to have it full circle, just to have a whole conversation with you, you already know I be hyped. Like, it's Tuesday, like, I'm already ready, you know, to just have the conversation with you about just DJing and everything about DJing and just the people that you come in contact with and scratching and, you know, it's just like, you just want to know more about it. Like, if you was, so if you starting out DJing, right, what would be the best? the best table to get if you just starting out.
1: Well, you, you talking about controller or, um, you said table, but I, I think you're, well, talking about the, 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 you're talking about the system itself. Yes. The, the system itself. Yes. And it the really, the biggest thing now it's about the software. So okay. it's kind of like, um, a lot, a lot of DJs use Serato. Um, Serato is one of those main ones. that's extremely good. Um, if you have a, like, to me, if you have an Apple MacBook, then Serato is the, definitely the route you're going to go. Okay. Uh, if you're like with me, because I like using my laptop, my Dell laptop, I use PC DJ. Um, I use PC DJ and Mixmaster Fusion. And because I'm a video DJ, those two programs are primarily good for video. So uh, Mixmaster Fusion allows you to do the same thing with MP3s. Um, That you could do with MP4. So, like an MP4, which is a video, a music video, that that allows you to do a lot more. So now you're you're not only are you playing music, but you actually got a visual. Um, And see, a visual is and don't don't be wrong. Being a video DJ is challenging because you don't want to play videos that keep people in their seats. Okay. You want to play videos that's gonna get people up and dancing. Okay. So most of
0: the go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: But that's, that's pretty much the, the thing. Like with me, I actually sometimes make my own music videos because I wanted to reflect dancing versus something that's going to sit back. Now, don't get wrong. There's some videos out there that I got that gets you to laugh. But again, you're playing into that entertainment piece of it to where if you can't get people up to dance, at least let them have a good laugh. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of the thing. But like music um, now... Is be a video, video DJ is a little bit more challenging because once upon a time, music okay, our biggest challenge with just music is finding clean version. Now, with videos, not only do you have to find a clean version, but you also gotta make sure that the image, the video itself is actually appropriate to be played. Because the video, the music, the lyrics can be completely clean, but the video is off the chain. So that's what makes it challenging. So I'll go through and I'll find the original video, and if it's not appropriate, then I'll have to make one. And that's where I just take samples of dance moves, stuff like that, and make a video to go with the music.
0: So when you do the samples, how long does it take you to actually incorporate the dance moves into like the actual song that you're creating a video with? Like how long does it take most of the time
1: if I can if I have the material, it doesn't take me anywhere between five to ten minutes to make a music video um it's because most videos are like i said most videos are going to be no longer than than six minutes most of them are going to be six minutes or less okay so it's easy to put stuff together material together if i have the material now what in some cases that's what that's a long portion of it is find appropriate material and that's where it that might take me a little bit longer maybe take about 20 about 20 minutes to find all the right pieces to go with that song for sure
0: my cousin talking about the goats. <laughs> school. What's up, school? You got any questions? You know he got you.
1: Was it?
0: You know, my cousin, the one that oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So she she up here this morning. I asked her, did she have any questions? School.
1: <laughs> so she had questions?
0: I'm about to see. I'ma see if she oh. uh have a question. Oh,
1: okay. But that's but that but you know that's what <clears throat> but that's the biggest piece about DJing now is finding the right material. I mean, if I don't care if it's music or music videos, it's <clears throat> finding the right material because then if you have the right material, then you know how to piece it all together. It's just like when let's say I'll take a wedding for example. With a wedding you have to have the appropriate music for the ceremony, the appropriate music for the reception, or excuse me, the cocktail hour. And then you have to, when it comes down to reception, you have to have the dinner music, and then you turn around and have to have the dance music available and ready. So it's like you're putting together a whole puzzle on how you want the evening to be. When it comes to dancing, you can put together songs, but at the same time, got to be prepared to switch up because sometimes the music might not like kick off right then but of course if you go with stuff that's popular then you you know it's a solid deal that you're going to get people on the dance floor yeah when you're dealing with new music that's where it becomes a challenge because new music you don't know especially if you never played it before you don't know how it's going to have an effect on the crowd
0: okay so when dj like especially at the reception hour you just like play like popular music and the music that the bride and the bride and groom wants to play or?
1: <clears throat> right, most of the time I have <clears throat> I have a package and on that package it gives them um, to choose up to 40 songs, 40 of their favorite songs. Now, this is the part where I, I know my music very well. Most music one hour is equivalent to 18 songs Depends okay on how you now if you're doing a lot of mixing things of that nature you probably can get maybe up to 20 songs within one hour so um and again that's not heavy that's just doing a light like mixing of music not a heavy mixing now a heavy mixing music is every two minutes you're playing a different song um okay. but when you're doing a light light mixing then that's where you're looking at and maybe every three four minutes, you're mixing it into another song. Okay. But it depends on again, it depends on the vibe of the crowd because the crowd kind of drives you into how you mix your music. When you start mixing music within within a two minute time frame, um, normally two minutes is a good time. That's a good time to make another transition to another song. But once you start mixing within a minute, like one minute, you're not giving people time to enjoy the song. So yeah. So two minutes is normally your average time to where you want to mix your song into the next one. Um, sometimes, like I said, that most time for weddings, I play about three to four minutes of the song before I mix into the next one. But again, it depends on the on the vibe of the crowd, the energy from the crowd, because that's what drives you. Is if you're paying attention to the crowd and you're you're surveying your crowd, um, then you know exactly how to make that transition to the next song. Okay. And I think that's the that is the biggest um, that is sometimes can be the biggest challenge because what you think will work sometimes doesn't work out the way you think it's gonna work.
0: Yeah, because you know how you, you just said, you know, the DJ playing the song, and you know, you getting into the song, like you know, this is how we do it. Right. You know, you getting into it, right. then 30 seconds later it's switching, and you're like, Man, I was just
1: getting into the you, song, right?
0: yeah, getting into the song. So I'm glad you like listen. You, you just tell them, like, okay, you're supposed to stay two minutes in the store. If you're mixing it, you switch it up, type vibe, but you like, let the people get into
1: it before you switch it up. And then that's all you go to, like, for example, when you go to your record pool. And see, this is another thing, too, is a good DJ is going to get music from a record pool. The record pool is designed, the music is designed just for DJ So, like, a lot of people don't know that, oh, yeah, that I'm a, I'm a, you know, they'll say go to YouTube and I want this song from YouTube. But YouTube is the worst place to get music from. Okay. Um, because it's not prepared, it's not designed for D-Dog. Can we mix it? Yeah, we can mix it. But I would really prefer to get my music from the record pool because the record pool, normally, most of the music has a 30 second intro and a 30 second outro. And that's an extra time that's added onto the song that allows you to mix the song. So, like, Um, If I go to my record pool like BPM Supreme, uh, there's so many different ones out there and I get my music from them. The DJ version of that song is going to be the intro and the outro, which is 30 seconds. Give me 30 seconds on on the front and 30 seconds on the back to mix the song. That's if I play the song all the way through. Then you also have your quick mix or your quick hits. Your quick hits are normally two minutes. So that gives you like, they've already prepared the song to where the main portion of the song that sounds good, like the, the lyrics that everybody likes, they'll put that, that they'll mix it in, they'll shorten up the song towards exactly two minutes and then give you, that gives you a transition into the next song. So all the the most popular portion of that song is all put together and makes it smooth transition to the next song. And that's where a lot of people don't understand when you find stuff on YouTube, it is like, and if it's not in a record pool, it becomes a problem for, I mean, not really a hardcore problem, but it's just a problem to where the music is better prepared for a record pool. Like okay. for example, a lot of people don't know that um, music, you have your standard, your, your standard music, of course it comes from YouTube is 128 bytes. Um, that is low quality is the volume is a little bit lower. Now, when you get music from a record pool, it's 320. And that 320, that means it's better quality and it has a better sound and the clarity on it is better. So as a DJ, I prefer to get my music from a record pool than having to go to YouTube. But some cases, um, the customer chooses songs from YouTube and we don't have a choice but to, to, to get music from YouTube, which is not the right way to go. But in some cases, like, especially when TikTok came out, TikTok was killing us. Because the record pools didn't have the TikTok version, now they do. Okay. When TikTok first came out, boy, that yeah, we want to hear this song. I'm like, wait a minute, that's 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 not even a song. That's TikTok, and that's what they want to hear because TikTok made a lot of music popular. Yeah. So now the record pools are starting to put out those versions of what what you hear on TikTok, which makes it easier for us to get our music.
0: I have a comment right here. I was told a good DJ never plays the whole song.
1: That's true. A good DJ. And most of the time, you'll never play the like If you play the entire song, the only time that you'll probably play the entire song is if it's a line dance. Okay. Now, I mean, that's the only. I think that's the only exception to the policy is if it's a line dance or if it's been directed for you to play the entire song. But okay. me personally, I don't I try not to play the whole song. Again, it depends. It depends because if it's a popular song, let's say for the skating ring, um, there's a song that, that that there's one or two skate songs that are extremely popular, so you're gonna play that song if it's a popular dance song, you're gonna play again. You're still never gonna play the entire song because you're gonna mix out of it. You're gonna either blend, you're gonna mix out of it, you're gonna do something. So you'll never really play the entire song. Now, for those that are just playing a playlist, you can tell playlist because you hear the song when it comes on, and then you hear when it goes all the way out. You hear it fade out on its own, so that that's you can tell it's a playlist. But when you're blending music or mixing music, you'll never play the entire song.
0: Okay. And somebody said, or if you're playing in the wedding, in wedding, like I guess
1: well, <clears throat> most of the time. And weddings, and this is this is the, um, again, if it's a song dedicated for a certain event, then you're going to play the entire song. Um, Like if you're doing your first dance, like, for example, first dances, all your traditional dances that you do at a wedding, you're never going to play the song, the entire song. Okay. You're never going to play it until, until the end, because what happens is, like, when I'm doing the first dance, the, the key thing for me during the first dance is the bride and groom and the photographer and the videographer. Once I see that the bride and groom are done, which they'll always give you that body language. Again, this is like really paying attention is you paying, you, you're watching them because that body language is going to let you know, okay, they're done. Okay. When it comes to the photographer and videographer, you want to make sure that they're getting the proper footage. You don't want your customer to spend anywhere between $1,500 to $2,000 for a photographer biographer, videographer, and they're not getting the proper footage. And that's why I have, to, I have to educate my brides and grooms to where they just want to dance for two seconds. No, you can't dance for two seconds. You got to dance for a longer period of time. So that two minutes, again, that goes back to that two minutes. Normally, two minutes of a song is long enough to capture pictures and video for your first dance. Your bride and father dance, the groom and mother dance. So it's again, it's it kind of becomes more when you're doing weddings. It's more of a production than anything else.
0: Okay. And I have someone that says only time to
1: play the full song if you're on a radio station. And I mean, yeah, because a radio station does play the song the entire time. But if you're if you actually have a DJ on the radio station that this mixing, like when they have that mix night or they're doing like on Saturday nights or Friday nights or even like they do it during the lunch thing, they're going to mix the song within two minutes. Like most most DJs again, that one minute, 30 seconds to two minute time frame of that song. Okay. But like I said, the only time I played the whole song, in most cases, like I said, at elementary school um, because of the activities, I think that's probably the only time that I'll really play the entire song majority of the time is because of the type of activities that they might be doing.
0: Okay. So, you know, with the wedding, because I'm thinking about the wedding, so you're playing, like, when the bride walks in, you're playing music for when the bride walks in. So what kind of, for the cocktail hour, right, so what kind of music do you normally play, you know, during the cocktail hour of, like, the wedding?
1: You want to play for the cocktail hour, you want to play music that's instrumental and more upbeat or jazz. And the reason why you're going to play instrumental type music, which was in some cases is jazz music or dinner jazz music, is because you want people to be able to talk, um, have a conversation, and not have to yell or scream over the music. When you're playing music that has lyrics in it, then that means people have to talk louder. Um, And they have to talk over the music, and sometimes that can be annoying. So it's best to play instrumental music. Now, again, I always recommend instrumental music because that's technically the best thing to do for cocktail hour. But you'll have some customers that want to, well, I want you to play music that has words and stuff in it. Okay, but then your guests are going to be yelling and screaming over the music. And that, again, you want your guests to be able to enjoy themselves and be comfortable. Okay. I did want to go back and touch on something, too, that you just said a few minutes ago okay uh, when it comes to the actual um ceremony this is the biggest this is the biggest trend i'm starting to see here recently is they want to play one song for the bridal family to come in on the groom and minister to come on the bridal party to come on um, and to me you don't want to completely category everything in under one song and and throughout the, the different portions of the wedding you want to have a song that makes that time or that event stand out and that's where a lot of people get it confused like the last couple of weddings i've been doing here recently is they want one song to cover the entire time frame well people don't know when you're making a transition. Music is what makes it stands out. So I always make a recommendation is like for your parents, the bridal parent, the bridal family, to come in. There should be a designated song for that. When it comes time for um, the bridal party to come in, there should be a designated song for that. And then when a bride comes in, of course, she should have her own song. Uh, lately, last couple of like say last two weddings I had is they had one song that covers mostly all those events and. Your crowd doesn't really know what's going on. Sometimes the music is what helps them understand what's going on with that ceremony. Okay. Then we also have the situation where, um, I don't know why, but like when it comes time for the introduction for the bride and groom, you should have one designated song, maybe at the most two. If you're doing all ladies come in on one, all men come on one, okay, so then you should have maybe two for introduction for the bridal party. But not every person in your bridal party should have their own song. Yeah, because that's...
0: That take a long time, because I've right. actually seen them coming in, dancing, it's like they switch up the song and stuff. Like, yeah.
1: It, it, it does make sense. And I I, I say this is because if I'm playing a song for every couple that's in the bridal party, when it comes time for the bride and groom to come in, that it doesn't pop. It's like, it's just a norm. okay, you're just coming in, but if I play just one song for the whole bridal party, and then the transition into that big song for the bride and groom, that, that makes a big difference, versus everybody have their theme song coming in, then it kind of belittles the bride and groom, so that's why I always stress them, I say, always have your song, and then the bridal party will come in on their song, okay, but don't, don't get to the point where everybody has their own theme song, because then by the time you come in, everybody's bored because the song, done, like the music don't change like six, seven times. So when you come in, that hype, that excitement is gone now. Got you. So that's I'm- why I kind of stress to people that it's like, don't don't get too carried away with it. Like, and then also the way you come in, that entrance is if you're just walking in it's kind of like, okay, that means your reception is going to be kind of like, probably, it's going to be entertaining, but it's not going to be as exciting. Now, if you come in, during your introduction, you're coming in, and you're hype, and you're bringing that energy, that energy carries on for the rest of the night. So, that introduction is the most extremely, most important portion of the reception. And a lot of people, they'll come in and this oh, hey, how you doing? Oh. You, know, <laughs> you know, that doesn't work. You got to come in. You got to like, I mean, I joke about this all the time. You got to come in and do some flips, you know, do a handstand, you know, do something to make it exciting.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I know I there was a couple of times where the couple, the the, the actual brother part come in and each couple had a special routine that they were going to do when they came in. That kind of excites everything up. So when that Brian Groom comes in, now, okay, they're really bringing in the energy. So then, because if you ever sit back, and I've done a lot of weddings, most of my weddings that are more, are, are really excited, excite, like, like really full of energy and full of excitement are the ones that have a great entrance during the reception. The ones that are boring um, throughout the rest of the night, and again, until it's time to get on the dance floor, is those weddings to where they come in, and again, nothing is going to church, but like they're going to church. They walk in like they do that little, I call it the uh, the church shuffle, or they just come in and they just dig they, their they position on the dance floor.
0: I got you. I got you. See, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about what it takes, because you said it's like a production. I'm listening. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're planning a wedding, like a DJ and stuff, I never knew all these details. Like, I, I just,
1: I never knew this. But see, the thing is, a lot of people... they're getting married they don't understand if they've never been married before they don't understand the importance of selecting your music until they're in it and then they realize dang i didn't choose the right songs or or in some cases they'll put like on my planning paperwork they'll say okay we don't want to do this we don't want to do this we don't want to do this okay you're not doing none of your activities so your crowd is not going to be entertained. So again, it's like when you're getting married, you're you're getting married, but keep in mind, in order for your crowd or your guests to be comfortable and have a good time, you have to keep that entertainment portion of it connected to it. If you don't bring in the entertainment, you'll see it after dinner. Yeah, yeah. See- most people, they will. If they're not being entertained, they will eat your food and they will leave. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm so serious. Or better yet, the quickest way to ruin your wedding day be an hour late starting. Hold up, hold up. People be (coughs) late to their own weddings. Yes, not really. Not to their own weddings. It's just more of they'll start late. If you tell your guests that your wedding starts at three o'clock. Your guests are gonna arrive start arriving at about 2 15 2 30. They're gonna be sitting there for 30 minutes before your wedding starts. Now, let's say your wedding starts, you have a time it starts at three, but you don't start till four. Can you imagine yourself sitting there waiting for waiting to start for an hour and 30 minutes? No, so I most could, likely, I You're going to, you don't want to make it so, like, as a guest, what you're going to do is you're going to sit back. Once it starts, your mindset is, okay, I'm ready to go. Because you've been sitting there for a whole hour plus waiting for the wedding to start. And it's even worse if you got them outside in the hot sun. Oh, yeah. That's not,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'll be mad because it's like I thought the wedding was going to start. It's going to be a lot of the energy gonna be off because you're sitting there waiting and it's taking a whole hour.
1: Some people might leave. Right. Well, that's what happens most times after the ceremony. Some guests that are aggravated, they're going to leave. Then you're going to have some guests, they're going to wait, eat your food, and then leave. (laughs) So that's why it's critical. That's why I say it's like any, and this is another key rule. Any wedding before 3 o'clock is always a bad idea. Okay. Now, if you're an early person and you are you and your, your bridal party gets up early at the crack of dawn, that's different. But when you think about a wedding day, okay, if your wedding starts at 3 o'clock, what time are you going to have to get up that morning to be ready by 3 o'clock? Shoot, you don't have to get up early. So, so just imagine if your wedding is at 12 o'clock.
0: Oh, no. I want my wedding to be at 6.30.
1: Well, it's because you're giving yourself a lot more time. And my thing is, is that when you're doing weddings, when you're doing your wedding, you want to enjoy your wedding day. You don't want to bring stress to your wedding day. So over the years, every wedding that I've seen is before 3 o'clock. They're tired. They're stressed out because... Either that, and it, and it never fails. The bigger your bridal party, the more chances of something bad going to happen, or someone's going to be late. So, if you're not taking time to prepare, um, like like when I say prepare, is like okay, if my wedding starts at five o'clock, I have most of the day to get ready. If my wedding starts at three o'clock, okay, that might be I have to get up at seven o'clock in the morning to get ready, but. You're doing a wedding at 1 o'clock, you're going to have to get up at 4 o'clock, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning just to get ready. Now, that stress is put more on the bride because the bride has to do a lot more to get ready. She has to get her hair done. She has to get her, her makeup done, her nails, her dress. All that stuff has to be completely all put together prior because she wants to make sure that she looks beautiful. For gentlemen, when it comes to men, we don't we don't have to worry about too much. We don't have to worry about makeup. We get our haircut. We're going to get our haircut done before the day before, so or during the week. So it doesn't take a lot of time for for a man to get ready versus a woman. When a woman's getting ready, it's going to take time because they want to make sure that everything looks perfect. So you want to give yourself that time.
0: Yeah, my, my nephew. Hey, hi, L- hi, LJ. Thank you, thank you for coming in, my nephew is on the um, live he on youtube looking at us um, oh, okay yeah my little nephew so he just came in here so i had to most definitely shot my nephew out lj i love you so yeah He looking at the dj and you know DJ and um probably want to get into djing one day
1: yeah so let me ask you this question let me see what you see what you think about this all right okay. At what point would make or break an event if it's family oriented?
0: At what point would make or break the event if it's family-oriented?
1: it's family-oriented. Let me give you an example. Okay. If your pastor, your grandma, your granddad, your aunt, your uncle, your little nieces, your nephews are all present at your event, doesn't matter what kind of event it is, at your event, what will make or break you? What will make or break your event? The music. Okay. What about the music that's going to make a big difference?
0: If, because it's all different. Like, you got your mom, your dad, you know, different, you know, if it's like cuss words in the songs and different things like that, because, yeah,
1: so Let's I can that. understand that, yeah. And that's something that a lot of people have to take into consideration is the crowd that you have at your event. Do you want your pastor hearing the song up? Do you want your grandma to hear you hear that song like rake it up? Nah. So most of the things then this is this is the part that that really drives me crazy is clean music. Is the only way to go if you're a DJ, okay? If you're a family oriented DJ, you should have nothing but clean music,
0: okay? I understand that, I can understand that because, like you said, especially I understand that I really do,
1: but you, you have gotta look at the whole, yeah. right? But you have some people, and it, it's it is funny to me where. I've actually turned down customers because they were upset with the fact that um, they don't like being told what they can and can't play. And it's like, it's not that I'm not telling you what you can and can't play. What I'm telling you is that I'm gonna play the clean version of that song. And I think that's why one customer decided not to use me because um, they like the idea of me playing nothing but clean music. Which that worked out perfect for me because if you don't at a wedding and you want me to play music that's not clean, then I'm not the right DJ for you anyways.
0: Yeah, because you got, at the end of the day, it's about you and your company and what you stand for, what right. you doing. So I understand it on your part. It's family-oriented, and I get that. I totally
1: understand that. I really do. But that's why I said it's like, a, as as the a generation starts to change, some like I said, some people don't get it, which, again, that's fine. Um, you find the right DJ that, that plays to your needs, and then you move on. But I tell people all the time, don't make a DJ fit into your vision if they don't fit into your vision. Just because that DJ might be a little bit more um, cheaper or not as expensive as the next DJ, don't try to make that DJ fit into your vision. Don't let the money control getting a good dj versus a bad dj gotcha and i think that's the that's sometimes you can tell is when you get a dj or in some cases i got um cousin june bug to come in and dj at my wedding when cousin june doesn't even have the appropriate stuff to do a wedding <laughs> so it's but- like but that's that's just where it is it's just like even a radio dj again There's some great radio DJs that do great at weddings and events. But what equipment are they bringing? Most of the time, a radio DJ is going to bring what's necessary and what's needed to do the music. That's it. They're not going to bring in any uplighting. They're not going to bring in anything else because most of the time, they're not going to put money into, into stuff like that. True, true. So that's why I said you got to really take time, and this is, the, this is the thing where for me as a DJ, I want to connect with my customer. There's nothing wrong with the mom or the father booking me for the wedding, but somehow, some way I need to connect into the bride and groom. Because if I don't connect into the bride and groom, whose vision am I going to get of that wedding? I'm going to get the mom and dad um, the vision of what the wedding should be versus the bride and groom's vision. True. And that sometimes can be. Sometimes it can be right on, and sometimes it can be off. That yeah, that's true. Because
0: it's all right. about the bride and
1: the groom at that um, at that time. So right, and then I'd even take it one step farther. If they go with a coordinator, a wedding planner, wedding coordinator, the DJ still needs to talk directly to the customer. Um, I've done events where, I, when I first started, my biggest mistake was only listening to the coordinator or the planner and not talking to the customer because I'm doing what the coordinator's vision is, which should be the same as the customer, but in some cases it's not. So the best person to talk to is to have a direct connection with your DJ. Never let someone else speak on your behalf. Okay. That's pretty much what I'm getting at is when you're talking about your DJ he or she needs to understand your full vision of what you want to happen for that day. Okay.
0: that's hey, that's that's a lot of information right there. Um everybody that's tuning in. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. We will be doing this every Tuesday, every Tuesday. Y'all will be getting the life of a DJ entertainer with DJ Rags. Freaky, freaky, freaky. I like doing it. (laughs) That's that's my favorite thing to do. Um, My dad is in the building. Shout out to my dad. Thank y'all for the support. I thank everybody for the support coming up here. Um, Yeah, so we'll most definitely next Tuesday at 10 a.m., we will be back. And let them know how they can get in contact with you if they want
1: to. Well, if they want to get in contact with me, um, my number is 910-261-1518. Or if you want to just find me on social media, all you have to do is go to Google and type in DC2, the number 2, DW. And all my information will come up and it's easy for them to find me. Um, web should say email address is dc2dw.ceo dw um, dot CEO at outlook.com um, next week i guess we'll talk a little bit more about the setup because that that's the next thing is where are you are gonna put the dj at and um, that that's a that's a sore spot for me because i hate being put in time out so but that's next week <laughs> <laughs> Y'all
0: gotta listen next week. Y'all do not want to miss. Y'all do not want to miss this. This gonna be fire at the fire episodes. Thank you again. It's me, Ken J, and it's DJ Ragtop, and we'll be back next Tuesday. Peace out.
1: All right, I'll see y'all later.